Hi everyone, this is Randy Bridges, the budding entrepreneur. In each episode, I cover my experiences, both good and bad, of being a business owner, as well as my journey through the crazy world of entrepreneurship to reach my goal of earning $1 million a year. Today's topic is not really uh, considered to be uh, legal advice in any way, so please don't think of it that way. But the title is called My Worst Contract Mistakes and How I Fixed Them. Now again, this is not legal advice. Uh, please make sure that if you choose to do any of the things I did uh, that I'm going to be telling you about, um, you know, go through your attorney, go through your legal side and make sure that it makes sense. So, first of all, digging in here, um, you know, contracts have a really bad uh, aspect to them. They're designed to keep responsibility from flowing between two or more partners to any of the other partners. And that's not a surprise. Um, you know, you want to make sure that that you, you're not being impacted by the other party and they're not being impacted by you. Um, but contracts, the negative side of it is that many times they can create more problems for you when you're writing a contract. And so these are some of the things that I ran into over the years. And I'll give you three quick stories and then we'll talk about what I did to fix that whole process and stop making these kinds of mistakes. First of all, um, the first story is on healthcare. This was a healthcare provider uh, that I worked with as I was a vice president. And uh, I made a lot of calls because I was the vice president of operations. I made a lot of calls on the contract, what was included and, and what wasn't included. Um, first of all, anybody who's looking at healthcare for even five minutes knows that there's actually two parts of every healthcare business. The, there's the practice side that the doctors and the medical staff are actively involved in. And there's an administrative side, the administration of things, getting the bills paid and getting the legal taken care of and, you know, making sure that all the things that are supposed to be happening behind the scenes are taken care of. Now, um, my partner and I, we put a... We had one client, this one here, and we were going to move from an hourly billing to a what we call a managed service. We were an IT provider and uh, we were making the move over to fixed fee contract agreements to get everything done. This was one of the first ones that we put out there and we made some, you know, I made some pretty serious errors. Um, we put this contract out and we signed it and sent it over to the doctors. Now, th that was our first mistake, right? Especially me. I should have known not to sign the contract before you send it because there's a lot of liability that goes into that and it can be, you know, misunderstood as to what this means. So we sent this contract over on a Tuesday, I believe it was. And uh, the owner of our company went on vacation for a week. Now, he may be listening to this story, which is pretty funny. Um, 
but he left on Wednesday. And about 10 o'clock in the morning, I started, uh, we had sent the contract over the day before. Like I said, we had signed it. And uh, I started getting phone calls and email from a lot of different people going, hey, we, we want you to go come over here uh, right now and uh, drop everything you're doing. Come over here and we want you to fix this problem right now. We expect this to be covered by the contract. Uh, problem is the doctors had not signed the, uh, contract. So technically it wasn't an engaged contract, fully engaged. Like I said, we signed it. So that kind of put the onus of responsibility on us. By the afternoon of Wednesday, my voicemail was full from people yelling and screaming, going, we want you to take care of this and we need you to be here now. And it was like a 45 minute drive to get to just one office they actually had four and uh you know I, I made one visit over and i had people just literally screaming at me in my face we need you to get this fixed and you know your contract you know blah 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 even though the contract again was not executed so wednesday came by uh came in on thursday same kind of thing i had a phone call from one of the doctors First thing in the morning, uh, probably about six o'clock in the morning, saying that, you know, he expected us to fulfill the obligation of the contract, even though he hadn't signed it. And um, so the day continued more insanity. I made a visit over, took care of a couple of things and then came back. Now, I had to run the business while the boss was out. So guess what? I, I had to be there. And unfortunately, I was the, uh, the technician that would normally go take care of everything for this company. Um, Friday came around. I hadn't even gotten out of bed. And my phone is blowing up with emails, you know, in my inbox, just full. Um, this is what we want. This is what we want. This is what we want. And we expect you to do it. Right. And there's that that word right? That's, that's kind of a dangerous word. So I started thinking and um, started putting down my thoughts and I rewrote this email quite a few times. At 2.30 in the afternoon, I sent out an email saying something along the lines of, it's very clear that this contract will not support the expectations of the client and your people. So I am removing the contract from consideration, pulling it off of the table. It will not be uh, negotiated until after my owner returns. That was about 2.30 on a Friday. Silence. No emails came in, no voicemails, no yelling, no screaming. Um, this turned out to actually be a very good thing. The owner came back. I explained to him what happened. He agreed. And, you know, the next time we sat down with the client and the doctors and everybody, we said, let's get all of these things out on the table because expectations don't do it for me. We're, it's in the contract or it's not, right? So we worked out a, an amenable contract and stayed working with this client for another couple of years.
it was it was fine. It was good. But that initial mistake of signing the contract before we sent it over really shot us in the foot. And it put me in a really kind of a bad place. But at the same time, you know, because we needed the money. So it was a matter of just be patient, you know, move on. Um, so that's the, that's the first uh, major mistake that I made. Uh, the second one was a little bit different. Uh, this one is more of oversight and not really thinking. Um, I had a manufacturing client that um, we'd been working with for a bit. Same kind of situation with the healthcare company. We were moving from break fix to managed services. Um, and we put a contract out on the table and, you know, everything was good. There was your price. After about six months, the client came back to us and they, they had a bunch of things they wanted to add bunch of things that they wanted to include. So I wrote up a new contract and I sent it to the president of the company and saying, you know, hey, here's this, we're doing this, that and the other. And so this was what was requested. Here it is. Um, took a while, almost two weeks for him to sign this, but he got it back to us and we went on acting like nothing was a problem. About three months later, here comes the uh, the client's people going, you know, we, we need this. We've got to have this. This is just, this isn't working for us. We've got to do these different things. So I sent over a new contract with those things included to the president of the company. I didn't hear anything and I went in for some support issue and he walked up to me, big old tall, lanky guy going, you know, you are going to bankrupt me. And I said, how do you figure? He said, every time you send over one of these contracts, I got to pay $2,500 for my attorney to review them. And I'm really sick of paying out that kind of money. Talk about an oversight on my part. Um, it was probably stupid, right? Because I know you're going to have the attorney look at it. But I didn't realize this guy was paying out 2,500 bucks every time. So on top of the cost of the contract, he had to pay out, in this case, 7,500 bucks inside of a year. Um, I kept the, the client. We did keep that, uh, that uh, contract in place. But then I made some changes and I'll talk with you about that when we get to the end. And so it did work its way out, but it was one of those things that I should have known and it was really stupid of me. I was pretty embarrassed about it. Um, the third mistake I ever made, uh, this was actually when I had um, reformed the company and I was CEO with my former employer, now partner, and uh, we had a, a law firm that we were referred to by one of the uh, employees who just, you know, he did some other stuff before us and so it was, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of work to do. This was a legal firm um, in the Bay Area. And uh, they, they were an easy group of people to get along with. Um, we had really taken over this uh, contract from another company. So it was, uh, it was a good thing. And I, uh, I made a serious um, mistake. Um you know, attorneys are very good at doing a lot of things. Uh, this person was the CFO of the company. 
great guy, really easygoing. And so my partner and I, we sat in on a meeting. We dropped the, uh, the contract on the table. And uh, one of the attorneys immediately just started lining through things. And, you know, I learned about this before. They just, you know, line through it and say, this is not, you know, applicable. We're not going to agree to this. And then they just initial it. And so after he had uh, gone through this for a little bit, um, he handed it over to me. I looked at it, I put it in my bag, reached in, grabbed another contract that was exactly the same as I'd handed him, laid it on the table and said, there's your contract. So he starts lining through it. And, uh, you know, I thought that I was cute. You know, I thought I was great because I had anticipated that move. And finally, the CFO just looks at the, uh, the attorney. He was one of the partners and says, look, just stop, stop. And uh, he looked at me and he said, do you have another copy of that contract? And I said, well, yeah. He said, hand it to me. I handed it to him. He looked at it, kind of read through a little bit. And he said, um, one of the most chilling kind of statements and it's all my own fault right because i dropped a contract in front of an attorney that's that's a terrible mistake to make he looked at me and he looked at my partner and he said gentlemen i'm going to presume you're going to live up to the terms of this contract and we said well of course we are and he looked at us and he said that's really good because if you don't, I will personally sue you out of existence. Talk about a frightening moment. More frightening than anything I think I've dealt with, uh, except for almost being in car accidents that, you know, would take my life. There's nothing more frightening than to realize that you can be sued out of existence. That's, that's a major thing. So in short, just kind of be for that one, just kind of make sure that if you do put a contract on the table, make sure you're putting it on the table for the right kind of person. Again, this is not legal advice. I, I, I don't want anybody to think it. These are all experiences that I've had in dealing with the worst contract mistakes of my life. Now let's flip over to, you know, I like to end on a positive note and try to help people kind of understand that we all grow through these experiences. Um, I want to talk a little bit now about how I fixed this situation and why. And I have to give credit to Alan Weiss. Uh, he's a consultant, deals with like very large companies. And he's, uh, he's a doctor uh, and uh, Dr. Alan Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, -S, you can look him up on the internet. And uh, one of the books that he wrote was on value-based fees and how to price your services, price your consulting, you know, whatever you're doing into either a value-based fee or a fixed fee environment. And this is 
In my L5 method, this is module seven, which is moving into value-based and fixed fee pricing. And for consultants, this can be an interesting thing. So I looked at what I'd made for mistakes before, and I said, what can I glean from this, this book and some of his other readings? And what I kind of realized is that contracts need to be narrow narrow in scope. Um, if you have to have a contract, just include just the basics. Don't include what you're going to do, your pricing, none of that other stuff. So what I did was contracts are a very unnecessary thing for me for the most part. I don't really want to hand them to anybody anymore because number one, the owner of the company or whoever, one of the fiduciary, uh, masters of the business have to sign it. You're binding in and it has to be somebody that can bind the company into this kind of contract. Agreements have no such obligation. What I kind of discovered in doing, again, not legal advice, but I kind of discovered that agreements, number one, can be signed by like lower level managers, you know, especially if there's a contract that the higher level people have already signed. The lower level people can have agreements. Um, that's a very valuable piece of, you know, little nugget to consider because they can usually get the dollars allocated that you need to be able to, you know, to charge for this, this kind of an agreement. And so um, what I did to kind of get around a lot of this is... I would do a proposal and in the proposal, it would specify, you know, the problem we're looking at, uh, something about the client, what they were trying to get, where the issues we found existed and how we intended to solve those. And if we had to have pricing, we would usually give like an A, B and C choice, right? Um, C was absolute bare bones, nothing added just exactly what they needed and nothing more. B would expand on the value of that and be a higher price. A was basically, we threw everything, including the kitchen sink into the, into the solution. And it gave us some advantages. Number one, when faced with bare bones and your price is not really all that good, um, you can move into that B choice and you get more value out of it. And generally speaking, the price is not a whole lot more than the bare bones. The A choice being the kitchen sink is we're gonna give you so much value that it's gonna be hard for you to say no. And the price is not much more than the B choice. So with that kind of proposal, I simply need them to just mark you know, a check mark or, you know, fill in the check mark uh, before A, B, or C. Down at the bottom, right, because it's just a proposal that this is something that they are supportive of and they'd like to consider moving forward. From that proposal, I'd have every, every one of them with a number on it. And then I would go over and create a single page agreement. No more than one page, if you can help it. Um, 
the basic details are in there, right? The price, who it covers, how long it's going to be. And down at the bottom, there is a place for the client or whomever it is to sign and date. And it says uh, one of the last paragraphs on there, there's room for us to sign. We just send it over blank, right? <laughs> Learning from my first uh, episode up there, that, you know, what you don't do. Uh, send it over blank. And there's a line at the bottom, just above the signature, that says by signing this, um, this agreement, you agree to the terms of it and that it executes immediately. And then there's a second sentence, and this is, this is genius from Alan Weiss. Basically, it says, if you provide the money as specified above, that will execute this agreement as well as a signature, which is great because a lot of companies mid-level managers can't sign anything, but they can come up with the money. Okay, so that's a, that's a really good thing. And they have to get it from the people above them, so they've got to have some validation. That's what your proposal is for. It's validating their, their need. And you're providing the, the explanation. So now you've got a simple agreement now you can stack these agreements. This is something that I did, which was really interesting, especially in medical when you deal with like 24 hour a day, you know, day, day crew and night crew have completely different needs. And so you have one agreement just to cover the night crew, one agreement to cover the day crew and a base agreement that covers all of say the details of what you're working in. This is really good if you're like working in computers or you're working in something that provides multi-step. You know, we were going to have to do a bunch of different things, but there are some things that we do for everybody. And one of the biggest um, advantages to using this is VIPs, right? Every company has a very important person, usually the owner, you know, or president, maybe the whole C-suite. They're all VIPs. You can have a specific agreement just for them that covers details that involves the pricing the way that, you know, reflects what they need. And you could stack these agreements and add up the prices and that's your monthly total. It's not complicated. It gets you away from the base problem of contracts because contracts can change, but agreements can specific, they can be specifically targeted to different areas of the same company. This can be very good if you start working with subsidiary companies that have an upper level company you might work with and then some of these subsidiaries will have a different group of people that you're working with and you can target it directly to that. Meanwhile, you get away from a lot of the problems of these contracts Again, you may still have to sign a contract with, say, the root company, right? The corporate entity or whatever. And that will have things like, you know, your agreements of how much you, uh, you know, you're going to carry in, in, uh, in insurance. And I like to actually, if, if that kind of contract is going to hit the table, I ask the client to provide it. Because 
The minute I throw it onto the table, that makes the same mistake as I had with the legal side of things, is I'm throwing a contract onto the table that I couldn't really get hammered for. And then if circumstances change, kind of like with the manufacturing company, I don't keep hitting the same contract. My base contract is with the corporate entity. And like I said, I like to get it handed to me. So now I'm not making that mistake, putting my liability out there before I understand all of the terms of what I'm doing. So to kind of wrap this up, and I apologize for this being so long, but I think it's an important thing. And again, this is not legal advice. Please don't take it as such. But if you can take a agreement and a proposal and put in really simple terms exactly what you're going to do, associate an agreement with it, right? And make sure that it's unique. You don't want to have, you know, this group and any revisions, you know, like A1, A2, A3, right? So if you're, uh, if you're doing revisions of the same agreement, it might be A1, 2, or 3. If you're doing another group, it might be B, one, two, three, and another group, C, one, two, three. But ultimately, keep it really clear, who are you putting in on this agreement? How, you know, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna put it into play? Who's it gonna cover? And how much is it gonna be? Is it a per diem rate? You're gonna get paid by the day. Is it a per seat rate? Is it, uh, you know, is it the whole company that you're covering? and really be willing to tailor this. These agreements that can stack can really save your keister later on down the line. So that's enough for the budding entrepreneur. Uh, I hope that everybody uh, enjoyed this one and actually got something out of it. Hopefully it was, uh, it was you know, my stupidity actually helped somebody else. That's what I'd really like to see happen here. So. Once again, this is Randy Bridges with the Budding Entrepreneur. If you want to send me any questions, have any issues, uh, anything like that, just send me an email to rb, like Randy Bridges, rb at l5consulting.com. That's the letter L, the number five, consulting.com. And I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. Um, in the meantime, we'll be back on tomorrow. I have no idea what the topic is gonna to be like, but we'll reach back into the archives and see if we can't find something to really make your day a little bit better. Once again, have a great day from the budding entrepreneur and enjoy the rest of your day.